Guys, I've been kidnapped. Again? Yeah. Paul Dano got me. (laughs) (laughs) Or did he? Ladies and gentlemen, pray for the best and prepare for the worst. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk movie news, movie rumors, and most importantly, kids, those movie rumblings. After breaking down movie news and rumors, we talk about that week's movie of the week. And then make sure you stick around for the end of the show, where we will discuss our weekly recommends. Brian, this week's movie of the week is... The Hugh Jackman Fronted Prisoners. Where are your sisters? I can't find them. Anna? Joy? Wait, I checked the entire house. They're not here. Dad, there was this RV, and they were playing on it. There was, there, we thought there was someone inside. You wait here. I couldn't find them. I just got out of this movie ten minutes ago, so fresh, hot off the presses. Yeah. Opinions tonight on the Mad About Movies podcast. That's for sure. Uh, Brian yeah. Gill. Yes. I want to welcome you back to the Mad About Movies podcast. You've been yeah. out, out of the state. You've been vacationing. I have. I have. I haven't talked to you guys in like 10 days. So it's, A vacation uh, it's from nice my problems. hi I came back more. I'm needing a vacation from my vacation, though. You know what I mean? Anybody ever said that before? I think I just made that up. That's cool. <laughs> so how was your vacation, Brian? It was good. It was good. We had a short... Pretty short trip to uh, the Denver area. We got a couple of friends that live up there. Colorado so. or Colorado, yeah. as I like to call it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my wife and I went. We left the kiddo at home and uh, headed up to Colorado and just kind of hung out for a few days. You know, days. it's awful convenient, it's nice. Brian, that you went to Colorado on the same weekend as the free marijuana giveaway. <laughs> it's awful convenient. I see what you did there. Nice. Planned it beautifully. Yeah. Nice, bro. Uh, but, but Brian, welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to have you. Good to be back. Richard Barden, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Richard and I attended a screening last week together. So, so mm-hmm. bummed that I couldn't go to this stinking vacation. Yeah. Um, so, Brian went on vacation, and he couldn't make it, and Richard and I screened Rush, which we'll talk about next week. Mm-hmm. But it was a good old time. Richard and I have been enjoying going down to the Angelica downtown and catching these screenings, so hopefully we can do it some more. And uh, it's good that we have this podcast. I dare say the greatest Jeffrey Rush biopic made yet. <laughs> I'm willing to go out on that limb. That is uh-huh. true. Yeah, so we'll talk about Rush next week. But this week, we need to get things kicked off. Yes! And That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. Brian, I know you've been gone. Yeah. So, Richard, hit us over the face with some movie news, rumors, and rumblings. Oh, okay. I've got a list here. Hold on, let me pull this up. Richard, quit pre- quit pretending that you prepared for this. Episode. I did. I really did. I swear, <laughs> I have a word document here, but there really was nothing. Um, okay, so I have that uh, uh, Sony picks up a Seth Rogen animated film written the new the new uh, Rogen and Goldberg. Okay, have you seen this? So they uh, their first project post. Um, uh, this is the end. Uh, is going to be an animated movie about, believe it or not, hope you're sitting down. 
I am. A sausage. Ah. Yeah, didn't see that coming, did you, kid? <laughs> it's a movie. They're, they're they're making a movie about a sausage. But uh, so thoughts on that? I would have loved to have been in the pitch meeting for that one. Yeah. It's uh, it's supposed to be hard Seth, R, isn't it? Like yeah, Seth. I think you've officially smoked too much weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in other comedy news, first shot from the set today. Yes. Can you send it to us? Yeah, and I'll let you break the story since you sent it to us. First official shot from the set to, uh, was tweeted out earlier today by Jeff Daniels for Dumb and Dumber Two To <laughs> of Mr. Harry Dunn and Mr. Lloyd Christmas in wardrobe on set. So I guess, guys, it's our dreams have come true. It's happening. It's happening. Man, I just wanted to say how awesome Carrie looked in that outfit. I don't know how they found the exact jacket he wore. Yeah, in the first yeah. Dumb and Dumber. You know, like the scene where he's coming out of the Seven Eleven, and like big gulps. All yeah. right, same yeah. exact outfit, like to the yeah. T. Well, and they they did a great job with the makeup too, because he looks twenty years younger. I mean, he looks like he just walked off the set of the original Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Jeff Daniels looks kind of looks his age, but uh, but Jim Carrey, man, he uh, he looks exactly like he did in the first movie. Part of it has to do with that that gap in his teeth. <laughs> yeah, because that's a real gap uh, that yeah. they plug up all every other time unless he's doing dumb and dumber and i guess they take out the gap or the filling <laughs> yeah and that's just his natural tooth he got knocked out when he was a kid so pretty funny yeah he tweeted last week i think kind of sent sent the internet a buzz for a little bit when jim carrey tweeted just a picture of his mouth with that gap and said guess what guess what's happening or something something of that nature very exciting uh, but man it's exciting so I've, I've seen so many these... posts about it on Facebook today. All my friends, like I said, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said, once my friends, people I know, find out about this, yeah. they're going to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took the photo you sent, and I forwarded it to like eight people, and I had responses from all of them, and it was just, all, every single one of them was, was something to the effect of, ah, you know, it's happening, whatever. So everybody's excited. It's good. It, it's not official yet, though. I mean, they, they can oh, just It's happening. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it till I see it. They it's wouldn't do that things. to us, Kent. Yeah, they that would be such. They're a great... saying though, like they're, Jeff Daniels was talking about it um, at the Emmy Awards, which we'll talk about here in a second. But he was, he was, you know, people have been grilling him about this, and he was just like hyping it like crazy. He was just like, it'll. Ma-, he said it makes the first one look cheesy and stupid. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's it's such a high pedestal to put it on. Because, yeah. I mean, Dumb and Dumber is so great. So I just I'm just so curious more than anything more more curious than I am excited because I know I'm gonna be let down you know what I mean yeah it's been a really long time since I've seen Dumb and Dumber I watched it so many times when I was a teenager and I have like a really crappy DVD copy of it now and uh, so every time I think I'm well, about to watch, to watch like the cardboard cover yes cardboard, yes which I yeah. hate I do everything yeah. in my power to get those off of my shelf and, and you can't uh, read the labels because it's like yeah. around the little Garbage. ring. Yeah, so you have to, like, use a magnifying glass? I'm Blu-ray soon, just so I can watch it. It'll be a good excuse to buy the Blu-ray, I guess. Yeah. That is uh, a movie that, I mean, every time it's on TV, Comedy Central, whatever, I, I've got to see what scene it's on, you know, at least, or something. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's a movie that a lot of my friends that, you know, growing up, we've it's just been an inside joke with me and a bunch of my friends growing up. And I was on that same 
ski trip I was talking about earlier, actually. And it came on, and, you know, my family was there and everything, and it came on, and the whole family gathered around the TV to watch it <laughs> and to quote it, you know. And it's just one of those great little comedies. It's kind of timeless, really. It's actually yeah. grown with age, I think. It's gotten better as years have passed because it's the last tr- – I mean, other than Anchorman and Superbad and a few, you know, a very few movies, it's been one – I mean, easily the funniest movie of the past 20 years, maybe. Yeah, uh, so it's a, it's an iconic comedy. Every sure. line of that movie is funny. I mean, yeah. we say that about Superbad, and the last time I watched Anchorman, I paid more attention. I mean, man, Anchorman is freaking funny. Yeah, like I've forgotten how funny Anchorman really is. I mean, that movie is freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think and Anchorman is the most quotable movie of the last. It might decade. be, and and I would have argued with you, you know, a month ago or maybe even a couple weeks ago, but I, I caught it on HBO Go. Uh-huh. Again, and man, you're you're absolutely right. It is gold, absolute gold. But I mean, Superbad and Dumb and Dumber and Anchorman, I mean, every line of those three movies is funny. Yeah. And I don't know how they did did it on Dumb and Dumb and Dumber really it was there was nothing like it at the time. I mean I was like I don't know, how how old was I when it came out? Ninety four. Came out in ninety four. Okay, so I was less than ten years old. Yeah. And I remember my friends back then even talking about how funny it was. And they had just heard it from their big brother, you know, or something like right. that. So, man, super excited. And it's happening. So, good stuff. Great good stuff. So, enough enough about a movie we've been waiting nearly 20 years for. Yeah. Uh, a sequel we've been waiting 20, 20 years on. I've, I've got news on a movie, we, on a sequel we've been waiting at least three to four months for. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a new... So now we, you see me heard, too. <laughs> no, so we, we heard... That Kurt Russell was joining Fast and Furious 7. Yes. And then we heard he no longer is, correct? Did we? I didn't hear oh, that. Yeah. yeah, he left the project. No! At least, at least for, at least for Fast crazy. 7. They, they said he would join back up for Fast 8, but the character was no longer needed for Fast 7. But oh. today, actually just a few hours ago, Vin Diesel released a set image of him and Kurt Russell. Yes! So now he's back in the mix. Yeah. I love it! Yeah, Fast so, 7 is officially in production, too. I, got, I sent you guys a little teaser video last week of yeah. Vin and Paul and Luda on the set for Fast 7. Oh, it makes I me so it. happy to see, to see – it makes me so – hold on, Brian. It makes me so yeah. happy to see Vin in a black T-shirt with a cross <laughs> necklace on. Cross, That's all I was yeah. going to say. It's, it's so a, funny to see them do that stuff because – you can tell, and we've talked about this before, but you you can tell that they don't quite understand what sort of lightning they've caught in this bottle. You know what I mean? Like, Vin Diesel just has this look on his face as he's talking to the camera, like, thank you so much for watching these movies, even though I'm not quite sure why you do, but <laughs> it's awesome, so we're going to keep making them. Now we have, like, nine lined up, so that's great. Uh, I love seeing it. Seriously, there's nine confirmed. Yeah. That's unfreaking real. <laughs> after Too Fast, Too Furious and Tokyo Drift. Right? I mean, after Too Fast, you could have been like, there's no way they're making another one. And then no. they made Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And then they had the balls to make another one after <laughs> Tokyo Drift. But uh, you know what? The guy who, and we might have talked about this before. I don't know if we have. But the guy, whoever the guy was that was like, you know what, guys? There's something here. We should just keep doing this. I promise it's going to pay off eventually. Just listen to me. I promise people are going to come around. 
And whoever, you know, was the spearhead behind that idea, greatness. It's yeah. it's the most my favorite franchise right now besides the Marvel, Star Wars, the Big Dogs, you know, it's yeah. the I it's the it's one the, that I the, keep I hope they keep making these movies, yeah. It's the little franchise that could. It is. It really is. And Richard and Brian, I need to ask you guys, what's the countdown? How many days till the Blu-ray release of Fast 6? <laughs> oh, I don't I'm not know. Sure. I have it in my phone somewhere, and I think I left my phone downstairs. <laughs> You've already so... stored it in your reminders? I do. I have a note of, like, upcoming <laughs> Blu-ray releases, so... Because I... I don't know. September's... I have no life. Oh, it's gotta be at 1st. least... It's gotta be next week. Yeah. October 1st! A week from today. Oh. See you guys on Tuesday. <laughs> so, so watching party? I'm gonna start my Fast 1 through 5 marathoning right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think we go over to Brian's house... We uh we fire up now you see me, then we then we cleanse our palate with a little but, fast but, six. By fire up, do you mean actually Uber. light the disc on fire? Is yes. that what you're referring to? Okay, sounds good. After we watch it, I'll pay for it. Guys, now you see me won't freaking go away. <laughs> every every time I log on to Apple TV, every single time. I mean, since mid July or beginning of August when now you see me came out on on DVD. It's been in the top three every single time I log on to Apple TV. What like, is going on? It's like beating out, right now it's beating out Star Trek and Iron Man 3. Oh. <laughs> I like to think there's a listener out there who uh, like listened to our Now You See Me podcast and then he had some sort of an accident and went into a coma and he just woke up and uh, the first thing he did obviously was, was flip on the Mad About Movies podcast and uh, and and we're still talking about it four months later. And he's like, <laughs> "What's happening?" And, you know, he thinks he's like caught in some sort of time continuum or something like that. No, we're still just complaining about it, dear listener. You know, until Sorry. there's a movie that knocks it off the, <laughs> the, you know, at the pedestal that it's on right now. Yeah. I and we're we're gonna keep talking about it. I mean, it's there. There's gonna be one that comes along. I mean, Seventh Son looks like it's gonna be the one. <laughs> The Jeff Bridges, uh, Lord of the Rings wannabe film. That looks like it's going to be That looks pretty, pretty brutal. terrible. But, pretty brutal. Uh, my boss pulled me into his office the other day, and uh, he said, yeah, you told me that that Now You See movie was bad. You were wrong. And I was like, what? And he goes, it was the worst movie ever. <laughs> it wasn't just that. <laughs> so everyone, uh, everyone feels So you got a promotion? Guns. Yeah, I got promoted just because I hate Now You See Me. Nice. Spread the wealth. Um, I will. I teased earlier. Let's talk about it, Brian. I know you were live tweeting. For anyone that listens to this, that was that follows you, I uh, already knows you were live tweeting the Emmy Awards the other night. The yeah. Primetime Emmy Awards. Right. Uh, just give us your overall thoughts of the show. Uh, some of the winners, losers. Let's have a little Emmy talk right now. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Um, the thing that I don't like about award shows, especially when it comes to TV. Especially, especially the Emmys, because you have the same shows every single year. They get nominated for everything. I like it when you kind of spread the wealth a little bit. I actually kind of think with the Emmys, there should be a rule that if you won the year before, you're not allowed to win that year. Just because it gets kind of old when the same shows win the same awards every single year. Um, like, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan only has six MVP trophies. Michael Jordan was the best player for like 15 straight years. So, sure. 
technically we could have 15 MVP awards, but it, you know, the NBA kind of spread them around and let the other guys get them. Um, so I feel like the Emmys got the memo on that and spread, uh, spread the love to, uh, to some other shows. I'm just not really thrilled with <laughs> some of the choices that they, uh, that they made in the, the, uh, spreading. Uh, I think the biggest issue I had was, uh, the aforementioned Jeff Daniels winning best actor in a dramatic series, um, for, for newsroom. Not that he's not very good on that show. He yeah. is. Um, and newsroom has, while we talked about it before is one of the most frustrating shows on television, especially that first season. Um, it has some really great moments. It's a good, sh- it, it has, uh, has some value, but, uh, I mean, look, <laughs> if Brian Cranston's not going to win the award every single year, then it should be going to John Hamm. There's no, there's no question about that in my mind. And so that kind of, that really bothered me. That felt, especially when it, he's also up against uh, Kevin Spacey from, uh, from House of Cards, which Francis Underwood is another tremendous character and, and extremely well acted. So, um, you know, I had an issue with that. Modern Family still won, even though it lost some of the acting awards, it still picked up Best Comedy, which is, I guess, was to be expected, but uh, was, I think, is a is a poor choice. But, um, you know, it was it was an all right show that I, I guess they're taking a step in the right direction, in my opinion, of of uh, celebrating more shows than just Breaking Bad and Modern Family, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's good that they're they're showcasing some of the other stuff. Uh, I have no idea what they were doing with the In Memoriam stuff spread out throughout the show. That was um, a very odd choice and uh, kind of made for a real bummer of an evening. Um, but, you know, other MPH was fine. Um, you know, it was fine. I... I'm a big. I, I love the big award shows. I I don't know why because they frustrate me more than more than anything else. I guess, but uh, I enjoy watching them. And I think it's uh, you know, look, it's it's a good way to to uh, touch on the pulse of of mainstream, whether that's movies or music or TV. So you know, it was yeah. a fine show. I guess. You guys have any Emmy uh, thoughts on the yeah. on the Emmys? That category, the best actor in a drama series. I think this year. I mean, when you look at the nominees, and anyone that that would have won that award, yeah, you could make an argument. Oh my God, that guy shouldn't have, shouldn't have. Like if Spacey had won, you should have been like, Oh man, why didn't Cranston win? You know, if Cranston won, sure. you'd be like, Oh my God, why didn't freaking Jeff Daniels win? You know, yeah. Uh, it's just those four guys, and I don't know who else was nominated. Damian Lewis from Homeland was the okay. fifth, and I think the sixth guy was maybe from Downton Abbey or something. I'm, I'm not right. really sure. But, I mean, those four guys alone, you could yeah. draw a name out of a hat, and I would be happy with. I mean, all four of those guys deserve an award. Why couldn't they yeah. just say, all right, it's a tie for all four of you? You know, they did that at the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, I agree with you, Kit, but I also would argue – look, Brian Cranston – I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm nearing the end of my Breaking Bad Odyssey, and so I have a newfound appreciation for how incredible Cranston is on that show. Um, but I know Richard agrees with me on this. Like, um, John Hamm, <laughs> Don Draper is one of the most iconic characters of the last decade, if not more. And if you're not going to give it to Cranston, and then you just say, "Oh, but I know John Hamm," Cranston's you haven't been able to win before, one. Hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
He's, okay. he's won several, I think. Damian Lewis got it last year, and I think that, that was well-deserved because that first season of Homeland is is just insane. But, uh, and finally, I mean, Michael C. Hall is not nominated. Yeah. It just seems like we're really headed towards... Like, I think it's an absolute travesty, and I mean that in the most serious sense that uh, Steve Carell does not have an Emmy for... For Michael Scott, I just think that that is an affront to movie or to TV watchers. It's just insane, um, and I I fear what it that means is that you can't take their awards seriously. Yes, it, it, you can't. It's, there's no there's no scale. You know, that's there's, absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, you you. Well, have, I guess you guys aren't big John Cryer fans like I am. <laughs> but. No, but I am a Jim Parsons fan, and I do think he is a funnier guy than uh, who did he beat out this year that we were talking about, Brian. For best uh, comedy, best actor in a comedy. Oh, Baldwin. Baldwin. He beat Baldwin and Louis and Louis out. And Louis C.K. Yeah, you got to be freaking kidding me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, just, you know, what are these fine. people smoking? I don't understand. Show. The show is fine. It's whatever. It's just come on, like. So I fear that we are headed the same. And I, Richard and I talked about this uh, while the show is going, but I think we're headed towards that same fate for Don Draper slash John Hamm of. Despite being incredible for seven years or eight years now, because they're stretching that last season, he's going to go down without an Emmy, and it's just it's insane to me. So I don't see Jeff Daniels winning us again. Though. No, there's no I way. Don't see, I don't see them doing that to John Hamm. I mean, Mad Men is such a respected show. By yeah, all they will. Accounts. They've the, members of that Academy have made it very clear several times that they are not a fan of his performance. Yeah. Yep. They they've like said that they they're not big ham, ham fans like we are. I, I don't know. They've made that clear. I, and he may win it in the last year, but Cranston's definitely going to win next year for that last right. year Breaking Bad. There's no right. way. Write that down yeah. now. Yeah. And and so uh, the only chance Ham has is in two years for the last Mad Men season. But they they don't care for whatever he's doing. They're not big fans of. I I don't understand why. Well, and if you remember, it was I guess it was oh no no it's got to be ten. Uh, when Carell was up for uh, for for best actor in a comedy series after his last season of The Office, and it was like yeah. everybody knew, okay, he's winning. Just if for no other reason than somehow Michael Scott has gone this entire time without an Emmy, so he's gonna win. And Jim Parsons won that year. So I mean, I feel like I don't know. Last night when, or uh, Sunday when when Ham didn't win and neither and and Cranston was was left out as well. I just I had this sinking feeling of man, this is. In two or three years, I'm going to be sitting here watching this show, and I don't know, like, <laughs> the guy from The Killing that's been resurrected four <laughs> times is going to be up there accepting Best Actor, and yeah. he's going to be sitting there with his awesome beard and uh, without a win. So. And the winner is that guy from Burn Notice. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Great. Yeah, everyone's happy. America, America's happy. I feel like, though, with Mad Men, I mean, it's such a popular show with with this country that, that the Academy might just listen to the, the crowd on, on the John Hamm point. I feel like the office was more underground really, you know, it wasn't the, the Mad Men ratings, show of the, the Mad Men ratings are, the Mad Men ratings are not good though. Like yeah. they, they make their money on breaking. I mean, yeah, like the breaking bad twice the amount of people watch breaking bad than Mad Men. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and then the, yeah, but when dead breaking is, bad's gone and the walking dead's out of season, I mean, Breaking yeah. Bad's gonna. I mean, Mad Men is gonna kill it, like right now. Yeah. You know, I think people are just—they know it's the last season of Breaking Bad. They're focused on that right now. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. But comparatively, so. like, any of the big three and Fox would kill to have Mad Men, you know? And they would take those ratings on, on a major network any day, I'm sure. I'm sure Mad Men is, for, for being on AMC, is killing it. Uh, but not compared to The Walking Dead or or Breaking Bad. I mean, that's just crazy. What what was Breaking Bad thinking doing the airing one of the last episodes right up against the Emmys like that? That's kind of crazy. It seemed like it didn't hurt him. They drew like eight million viewers Did for they? Breaking Bad. I mean, it's uh, I, I it's it's becoming. I'm really excited about this uh, because we don't. I don't feel like we get very many event viewings anymore um just because of dvr and because there's so much programming out there uh a series finale it's really cool to see how breaking bad is built because i mean i'm a part of it i haven't been watching from day one um i'm i mean i'm i'm in the middle of season four right now and i'm doing everything i can to catch up by sunday so that i can uh, i can be there for the finale but you watch as the ratings just go up 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 each episode this season it's it's kind of a it's become a water cooler event which is really cool um i just don't think we get that very much with with tv anymore yeah how you liking how you liking it so far i'm on season four too you and i are probably at the same spot right now so yeah i uh i love it I mean, to be honest the first two seasons were were good um but uh not and we we, we don't have to discuss it in depth now because i think right. we're going to do an episode in a week or two but um the third and fourth season are just I mean, yeah. great television. So I, I can't wait for this podcast to be over so I can go binge watch four or five more episodes before I go to bed tonight. So, <laughs> man, I when, once I got into it, once I restarted watching it, um, this after the summer movie season ended, I just there's nothing else I wanted to do. Yeah, like I, I was I was trying to knock out Game of Thrones um, this last spring. And it got to a point, like, middle of season two, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. i got to take a break. Like, I cannot yeah. handle any more <laughs> Starks and, you know, Winterfell. I can't. Right. There's just too many names, too many characters. Yeah. I need to take a break. But Breaking Bad, like, I, it's an addiction. You know, yeah. it's like, it seriously is like meth or something. It's like, <laughs> I never get tired of it. I'm into every single storyline that's happening. Um, it's just such a great show. And we can have the debate. Eventually, you know, on the Breaking Bad episode, where we think it'll go down in history, but I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be right up there. And I know, I don't know if you guys have heard. Have you heard about the the spinoff series? Yeah, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul with Bob, our friend Bob Odenkirk, friend of Mad About Movies podcast. Man, that's going to be hopefully cool. I mean, it won't be anything like Breaking Bad, but I mean, they're going to juice right. that for all it's worth like crazy. I'm surprised they're not starting a show called you know, the Polios Hermanos or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. About the the chicken place. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. 
Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Yeah. All right. Anything else you guys want to mention for movie news? Let's move on, and let's talk about prisoners. Detective Loki. Do you have children, detective? I'm going to find your daughter. All right, so the serious movie season has begun. Yeah. Which is awesome. And man, I just... Triple I need serious. To, after seeing the trailers before, before Prisoners earlier tonight, I saw the trailer for Gravity again. And I saw a trailer for David O. Russell's American Hustle, which, oh, yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen that trailer, <laughs> it, it plays Good Times, Bad Times by uh, yeah. Led Zeppelin. Oh, man. This might be the next Pulp Fiction or something. Yeah. It looks like a, uh, not to just take us down that yeah. road, but it looks like a, a maybe a more award-centric version of, like, Boogie Nights yeah. to me. Yeah, and it looks awesome. I can't wait for that with Bradley Cooper and um, Christian Bale. Good stuff. Um, so, man, serious movie season is here. This movie is very serious. Triple serious. Triple <laughs> serious. Oh. It, it's hard for us to talk about these movies because we're such, you know, all three of us are pretty much professional comedians. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard to talk about a movie that involves child abduction and, and such a serious topic. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> But, I mean, this movie was so suspenseful, and mm-hmm. Brian, I want you to go first and talk about your thoughts, cool. but my initial thoughts are this movie was very, very suspenseful in a lot of ways, and it's got plot holes, but, man, I was just really suspended um, <laughs> during this during this screening. So, Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I saw it today as well, Kent. Yeah. Um, I've been out for three or four hours. Um the word I, I've been I've been trying to think of of the word or the phrase that that best describes this um, because uh, the thing is it's it's a it's a very well made movie um, it, I can't deny that I will talk more in a minute about the director especially um, man it's 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 tight it's very well well done it is one of the most unpleasant yeah <laughs> movie experiences I've ever had like I think that's the the, the the best word that I can come up to come up with yep. to uh, to sum up this movie it's 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 not really depressing um, it's just man it's it's uncomfortable and it's unpleasant throughout 
the majority of it. It's uh, it, so it makes for kind of tough reviewing. You know what I mean? Because uh, look, it's a it's a on every from every technical level, it's it's a very good movie. It's a very well acted movie. Um, I never want to see this movie again. And yeah. after this podcast is over, I never want to think about this movie ever again. Just really in a good way. Dark places. So <laughs> yeah. I agree with you there. Man, this screening was just super crazy. I mean, it was silent the entire time. Yeah. It was just, I mean, very serious. And this movie played just really weird. I mean, yeah. it was so confusing what they were sort of going for here. I mean, the beginning of it plays sort of like Halloween or something. Yeah. And then it's... the middle of it is Zodiac slash... Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there was another movie I thought of in the middle of the screening that it reminded me of, but I can't think of it right now. But if I, I, think I, of it, I think Zodiac is right on. It's very Fincherian, like it's got a lot of. You can tell that Saw. the director Saw. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. Yeah, you can <laughs> tell that the director Dennis Villeneuve. I don't know how you Villanueva, say Villeneuve. Like, yeah, yeah, because I'm super American, but um, you can tell that he's influenced by Fincher a lot. I think, yeah. and in good ways. I. I I'm really impressed with uh, with the camera work and uh, and the cuts and just kind of the the way that they that he built the movie. Like he did a very good job, really really good job with it. It's just yeah. the material that you're working with is just so dark and so. I mean, I texted Richard when I was done and said, "Dude, I just want to go home and hug my kid." Like I'm just yeah. this was just such a bummer of a movie in a lot of ways. But I mean, I'm sure you can sympathize with. With the main characters here, Terrence Howard, Hugh yeah. Jackman. Man, Jackman absolutely beasts through this yeah. movie. He's great. He's, He's unbelievable great in this movie. movie. Yeah. It's just a great... I've never really seen him do an American man role like this before. And you guys probably know more Jackman uh, filmography than I do. But he, he's never really... I've never really felt like he's been... Played that guy next door type of role, you know? Sure. And this movie really felt like that. Yeah. Um, just... An absolute beast of a performance by him. I mean, it's the closest Oscar thing I've seen besides Les Mis. I mean, I I don't think this will get a nomination at all, and I don't think it's even close, really. Right. I mean, but you don't see him getting a, nom- a nomination for anything else he he does, really. I mean, he's not that kind of guy. But you not just Les see Mis, his potential. Yeah. yeah. No, this. I mean, if he didn't right. get it for Les Mis, he's gonna have to do some really dark indie yeah. project or something, and really step out of his comfort zone to to impress anybody, but I mean, he absolutely killed it in this several moments of this movie mm-hmm. where you are, you're not sure if you're rooting for him or if you hate him. Yeah. And he's every scene excellent. that he's in, I mean, when he's not on the screen, he won't, I'm on the screen. Yeah. Just, he absolutely impressed me like crazy in this movie. I just wanted to say that. Sure. So yeah, it's great. Really uncomfortable. Mm. A lot. I mean, there's torture aspects of torture throughout. There's kidnapping, child napping, child abuse, um, murder. What else? It was just really, it's probably really dark. Yeah. So the plot of the movie, if you if you haven't seen it, we're not going to go into spoilers yet. We can save that for, for a little bit later in the show. So basically, Jackman and Terrence Howard's kids or daughters get kidnapped together while they're playing outside or something. And 
Apparently, people think Paul Dano's character is the main suspect, and so they're questioning him, and they're also questioning other suspects as the movie's going on. And you really don't get a sense of who did it. And and credit to the director and the screenplay, they really kept me on my toes here. Yeah. Did you what feel I, that way? I, here's what I liked on this. I think I'm not, it's probably not 100% there, but they do keep you on your toes, and they keep your... your uh, it, this movie really did a great job of keeping your mind racing. Like you're tr- you're trying to think ahead and figure out what's yeah. going on. What I really liked is they left enough clues that I felt like if I'd been given, I don't know, a little bit longer, thirty more minutes. Which I don't want this movie to be thirty minutes longer. But if if I had more time to work it out, I felt like I could have figured out what was happening or who the uh, you know. What what uh, without going into spoilers, who who the kidnapper is and that sort of thing? Because I felt like they left you enough breadcrumbs for you to figure out, but it's not obvious. Yeah. Um, which and I think that's really I, I like that in a suspense uh, or, or thriller like this. If if you can, um, let me let me spend time trying to figure out what's going on or who's doing it or whatever, but don't make it so painfully obvious that I, you know, I know from, from the the 20th minute or whatever, what's going on. And I thought they did a great job, uh, of, of building that kind of, um, strange, that kind of atmosphere where you're, you're thinking ahead, you're trying to figure it out and you probably could get there if you had a little more time to do it. Yeah, totally. Richard Barton, you there? Yep, still here. Um, what are your thoughts on prisoners? <clears throat> yeah, so it was. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm not gonna say anything too original here. I, I did stay the whole time because I I had to know what happened. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, there's no way Richard walked out of this nah. one because you can't uh, but, predict. You can't predict the ending. You know, nah, ten minutes nah. before the ending, you can't predict it. So. No, go exactly. Ahead. So, um, and and I'll go with more when we get in the spoiler time yeah. uh, about that, but. Uh, but just like Brian, like I didn't didn't enjoy it. I I really respect it. I, I I would it would I would recommend it to someone that's into that sort of thing. If someone's really into uh, child kidnappings, yeah, or just like Silence of the Lambs <laughs> and stuff like that. Movies that I acknowledge are great, but right. I I'm just too much of a pansy to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, then I would recommend this, but it's not that I couldn't look at the screen or anything. It was just I just didn't. Like you said, like probably the least amount of fun I've had in a movie all year. <laughs> That's not true. Um, now you see me was more horrific, but uh, more traumatic. I feel like I was kidnapped. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so so that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it. I mean, really, really cool movie. Much better than I thought it would be, as far as yeah. like uh, yeah, uh, the actual <clears throat> I don't know artistic merit of the movie. Um, a lot more depth to it than I thought. Performances were great. Jackman's the man. Uh, but never, like you said, Brian, never want to see it again. Never want to think about it again. If there was a uh, Eternal Sunshine thing, I would probably have this erased from my brain. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I agree. There's, I mean, once you know the ending, you can't see it again. I mean, it, it's yeah. one of those, it's almost like an M. Night Shyamalan movie or something. I mean, the plot twists are so not crazy, not not crazy that they don't make sense, but just so unexpected that once you see the movie, you can't view it in the same way. Same with Now You See Me, which I'm never going to see again anyway. But yeah, I just don't... I don't <laughs> That's true. I haven't like, been this shocked at an ending. It turned out that Mark Ruffalo was the kidnapper. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, guys, you guys want to come over later and watch Prisoners? Right. You know, it's not it's not one of those movies. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just, there was a moment. It's nothing for that. There was a moment in, I mean, sort of at the beginning when when Gyllenhaal, who I can't stand, by the way. I, I've never been a fan of Gyllenhaal. I don't know if I would mention that on this show. Uh, I just can't maybe. stand anything he's done. except Zodiac is fine. Bearable. Definitely bearable. This, but this, hey, I just can't. I I hate Jake Gyllenhaal. I really do. And I, I strangely though, like this is this is maybe the least I have ever hated him. Like because he, I thought he was he, so boring in this movie. I thought he was really good. I, he was I good, but I mean, he he wasn't trying to be Jake Gyllenhaal here. You know, you could tell true. he was trying to play it very calm and toned down. And uh, I just didn't find him annoying in this movie, like I usually yeah. find him. Here. But yeah, I can't stand Gyllenhaal. But there's a moment, sort of at the beginning, where Gyllenhaal starts to try to, kind of try to figure out this, start figuring out this um, kidnapping situation, where he goes into this house and sees a guy um, on the floor, and he sort of s- says to him, "Mind if I look around or something?" And it got kind of a chuckle out of the audience. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, "How dare the director?" try to get a laugh out of this movie <laughs> you know <laughs> it was so serious at that moment and it was like the first time the cop's gonna go out and find find this missing little girls and then he's like make cracking jokes about this drunk guy like I just I just thought that was in bad taste but it was the only only time in the movie granted that they tried to make it light hearted or anything but yeah there's just a lot of I mean Paul Dano what, what do we make of him is he just gonna be the creepy guy yeah. In all these movies, because I feel like he has a talent. He has a ton, a ton of talent, and that can't be denied by yeah. anyone. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson casts him. You know you're good when you're in a PTA right. movie. But, I mean, we've gotten this. We've got Looper last year where he was kind of this yeah. sketched out guy. I mean, yeah. we've got There Will Be Blood. We've got um, Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys yeah. and Aliens where he's a drunkard. Yeah. You know, he's he might have always... something wrong with him, yeah, in real life. He might be, he might be a jacked up kind of guy. He's like the William Fitchner, the young William Fitchner. <laughs> He's just going to be a character actor, and shows up and everything. Yeah, and plays a freak show. He yeah. plays a freak show, yeah. Um, but do you like him? I think I think he's good. I do too, I really do. and I, I thought he was very good in this. I don't want to wa- I mean, he's part of a big part of why I don't want to watch him any this movie again, because he is uh, really creepy. But, uh, man, he's a, he's a very good actor, for sure. This has got a lot of good actors in it. I have no idea why Terrence Howard and Viola Davis, like, their characters have absolutely no impact on this movie yeah. whatsoever, especially Terrence Howard. Like, I mean, you guys remember Terrence Howard? Like, he used to be an okay actor. I, I don't know when the last time was he did something that... Iron Man. Yeah, I guess that was it. And that, and, and, and bailing out on that or demanding more money or whatever happened with, with Iron Man 2 it was the last stroke of his career or something. But, um, man, he was just completely worthless in this movie. And uh, I didn't think Viola Davis really got much to do. Either. I mean, really, this is all about Jackman and Gyllenhaal and Dano, um, with a little bit of uh, Melissa Leo mixed in um, yeah. at some point. These other actors, I mean, it's great that you got all this talent and you can put up a poster that says, you know, Academy Award nominee, Academy Award nominee, Academy Award winner, you know. But, man, it would be nice if you could give those, <laughs> those Academy Award nominees something to do. Um, yeah, but you know, it was, it is what it is. We can't, it, it's not a perfect script, but I, I like the, uh, 
I thought the story had really good bones. Um, even yeah. if there's definitely some plot holes, and I, I, I actually thought this is kind of weird because normally in a movie, when we, especially a movie of this length, we talk about how there's too much exposition, there's too much dialogue that just doesn't really do anything. I actually felt like this movie could stand for more exposition in the beginning to kind of because it, it does kind of feel a little bit choppy. Really? Jump to me, it did. It jumped yeah. from scene to scene in the first twenty or thirty minutes, and I could have used a little bit more. I don't know. I never more. This movie was two and a half hours, Brian. I don't want more more runtime. <laughs> don't hear me. Don't hear me wrong. I don't want more runtime. I would like for some other things to be cut so that we could get in those first thirty minutes a little bit more exposition, so that you don't feel like you're jumping from scene to scene to scene, and then having to kind of play catch up. That's how I felt in the first maybe 30 minutes. After that, we kind of hit its stride and we got going. Um, but honestly, you could have cut Terrence Howard and, and Viola Davis out of this movie entirely and it, it wouldn't have been missing anything. So, And it would have yeah. cut, cut the movie down by maybe 20 minutes, which needs to happen. Totally. Um, let's move on, guys. Let's yeah. go into spoiler territory. Sure. So, Brian, what would you think of the ending? I mean, the whole time, the, the whole aspect of Hugh Jack Somebody's. I guess there's an old witch. Yeah. In Richard's what are you house doing? Creaking around. Uh, but there's. Uh, I'm not doing anything. Sorry, I'm sitting. There was a moment where, you know, the whole thing with with Jackman torturing Dano's character yeah. was just so crazy to me. Yeah. You got I just didn't hand, see that fact. going into this movie. I just didn't see that character turning into that. You know. Right. Yeah. It was just. It was just an unreal side story. You know, the whole. Main story being Hall's finding this, you know, Jackman's kid, but the side right. story of Jackman torturing Dano, right? It just really kept me into it. Yeah, and it was, um, pretty it was cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, the, the torturing totally. of him was the scene where specifically where Jackman is just punching Dano in the face, yeah, constantly, and he has he pulls out the hammer and bangs it on the sink and stuff. I mean, right. that was some. That was a performance right there. I was scared. Intense, man. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole time you sort of think intense, it's Dano. Sure. What, what, well, what, I kept, what were you I kept thinking trying the whole to figure time? Out, I couldn't figure out which one of them was the kid, whether it was Dano or the other guy who shows up at some point. I don't know that guy's name, but, you know, the the guy that, uh, that Hall eventually finds all the snakes in his house. Um, yeah. I knew one of them was going to end up being – the kid that they referenced earlier who'd gone missing 26 years ago. And I just, I couldn't figure out which one of them it was and how they were tied together. Um, but I, you know, I, I, the, the, the eventual reveal was pretty strong on yeah. how those two characters are, are tied together and also the person and the way in which the, you know, who, who's tying them together um, was pretty, was pretty solid. Although I, I know I just complained about too much exposition or too little exposition early on, I kind of would have liked the uh, the final reveal. And again, we are in spoilers here. Uh, I kind of would have liked Melissa Leo's character to I don't know, like she she gave up the info real quick. You know, like as soon as yeah. Jackman shows up to the house, it's like, oh hey guys, we need to wrap this movie up. So we're gonna need sure. you to go ahead and explain everything that's happened over the last twenty six years. It felt okay. like Fargo at that moment. Yeah, it's sure. Like, oh, yeah. all right. Jackman's showing up at a house in the woods. All right, this movie's gonna be over in about five minutes. Right, <laughs> which it was. Uh, 
Right. So I, I, I could have maybe used a little bit more of a reveal in terms of like maybe Gyllenhaal is piecing it together or whatever, um, rather than just straight, it, this is everything I did. Sorry. I also kind of found it a little bit unbelievable that Jackman's like, yeah, this little old lady has a gun on me, so I'll go ahead and handcuff myself and drink the juice and all that. Like, maybe I would think that the giant Hugh Jackman could take a bullet and, like, bum rush her or something. I don't know, but uh, I thought that was a little a little strange. But all in all, the, the reveal was solid, and, and it, uh, like I said earlier, you, you do feel like, once it all comes together, you do kind of feel like, all right, I I think all the pieces were there for me to put this puzzle together if I would have had the time to do so. So the, the, whistle, the whistle was a little convenient too. Yeah. Yeah. Very. I, totally. The whistle yeah. was a little like, what's that? What was the together? deal with like, the, oh, yeah. I agree. What was the deal with the maze? I never figured that out. Yeah. I, I never that was quite, a, I now, don't know. It's, it's cause he's trying to figure out the guy that kidnapped him. It's just a maze that he thinks will lead him back to yeah. who kid. I don't know. I think that's, yeah, I think that's accurate. Sure. And why did the guy go to the candlelight vigil in the first place? I think he knew the cops were going to be there. And how did I, he know Hall is a cop? He wasn't even in uniform. I think he's a looky-loo. I mean, I think that was what they were they were hinting at. Like, with him stealing the, the girl's clothes and things like that. Like, that's... I mean, that's a pretty typical crime drama trope you know the guy who can't stay away from the crime scene because he's you know whatever he's either he's turned on by it or he just you know is fascinated with it and drawn to it you know what we, i mean we like to call it the the james spader corollary <laughs> right right and you're you're meaning to tell me that the and, and i'm not complaining by the way i thought this movie was i recommend this movie but you're meaning to tell me that the girls were seeing jingle bells batman smells after they've been kidnapped really yeah <laughs> I, honestly, I think the most unrealistic part of this entire movie was that uh, Jackman like keys in on Paul Dano singing singing uh, the Batman Smell song, and it's like like no one has ever sung that <laughs> song before. You know, it's like only my girls know this song. They created it. You know, I mean, everybody knows that song for the last thirty years. So I don't I don't really feel like that's a great clue, you. But yeah, Batmo- Batmobile lost its wheels and Joker took ballet that's what that's what i thought it was and they said in this movie they said joker is dead or something like it got, got really away. dark yeah. their version is really dark <laughs> uh but guys so you recommend this which what's your grade brian man it's tough it's tough to grade a movie like this if you don't ever want to see a movie again can you really recommend it the first time you know what i mean it's a tough um I think I'm just going to go with the straight B. I think that's okay. where it needs to I'll go B+. Plus. Same here. I'll go B+. Plus. I think it was uh, due to the fact that it was better than I expected. Yeah. It was – and for it being in a September – late, mid-September release, I thought this movie was just going to be a throwaway, honestly. I thought it was yeah. going to be awful. I thought it was going to be a Taken like ripoff or something or Taken wannabe. Yeah. But I felt it really did have some merit and – it's surprising, not surprising, but I mean, it felt more like an indie movie than it did a big budget, you sure. know, Hollywood movie. It really played off very well, and I'm intrigued to see more from this director and see more dramatic Same. stuff out of out of Jackman. Yeah. So, unless you guys have anything else to say, let's move on. Weekly recommend. All right, Richard, go ahead. Weekly uh, recommend. Sure. 
My weekly recommend uh, for this week is uh, I finally got, it's been queued up on my Netflix for months, finally got around to watching it, and uh, it's the BBC Sherlock. Yes. Oh, yeah. Finally? You didn't it's, see it? Yes. Yeah, no, it's been, Bro. it's been, I'm actually not a big Sherlock Holmes fan, normally. Doesn't matter. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's, it's fabulous. It's, uh, every, every line of dialogue is kind of electric and fun, and uh, great, obviously, Cumberbatch is unreal, Martin Freeman's great. Uh, yeah, just, just hammering through it now, so, uh, really, really like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm late to the party on this. Totally, one of, and season three is coming out soon. I think they're filming it. Yeah. I think it's coming out in December, so they're making more Sherlock. So that's where awesome. does that air? Does that air anywhere here? It's on BBC America, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's, but I'll have to check. I, I'm willing to buy like a Amazon season password or something. Yeah. I really want yeah, to see it. I love the cliffhangers at the end of the seasons too. Did you Did you yeah. finish season one yet? Yeah, just did. Just massive cliffhangers at the end. Yeah. Like crazy yeah. Sherlock Holmes style. Yeah. Man, it's just awesome. Great, great acted. Yeah, great, great recommend, Richard. Thank you, Brian Gill. Yes, you teased it earlier. Yeah, you, said you had okay. a good recommend. So go ahead. I do, I do. Um, so I like, like we mentioned earlier, I went on vacation this week, and before I before I left, I bought an iPad, which I've never, I never had an iPad oh. before. I've always wanted one, but I've never talk to me able. about that real quick, dude. On, it's, it's, How do you like it? It's life-changing i mean it's yes. the greatest it's it's seriously one of the five greatest inventions of the last i don't know of my lifetime i mean it's sure. it's awesome i love it i've all i've wanted one since they became available it's just such a futuristic thing you know like yeah as you're holding it and reading a book or surfing the internet or whatever it feels like you're on the enterprise or something i mean it's just such a <laughs> yeah a piece of science fiction that is now in our hands. It's just a weird thing. So I've always wanted one. I just never been able to justify spending the money to get three, one. Three G model. You get the uh, black white. Which I ended up. I ended up getting the mini because that's what I have. I'm uh, obsessed with it. It's so dude, good. I had never even considered getting a mini until like the day that I bought it. Um, but so with the kid. There's a lot of times when I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm holding on to him with one arm, or he's like laying on my chest or whatever, and I, I only have one hand available to read a book or you know whatever. So I end up playing like Candy Crush on my phone just because I can do that with one hand, you know. So now with the with the mini, I can uh, I can read and and all that. So I I I am loving it. It is fantastic. Um, but the two of the apps that I found that uh, or that people suggested to me. On the iPad, they're gonna go hand in hand, so this is kind of a dual recommend. Um, there's a there's an app, and I'm not sure if it's on iPhone as well as iPad, but it's definitely on iPad. It was like 2.99. It's called Longform, and uh, all it is is I mean, it's very it's it, the name kind of tells it all, but um, it is a collection of long form articles from around the internet, and there's like I would guess there's 50 different websites that you can add directly to the app. Um, and it, all it does is pull the long form stuff that they do. So like Grantland and the New yeah. Yorker and the Atlantic and just, I mean, wherever, really? whatever it you, it is two ninety nine, and then all the articles are free from there on. So okay. you like sign, I sign in to my, my app and, uh, it has like a front page of just kind of stuff from around the world. And then I can just scroll through, I think I marked 20 different websites uh, Sports Illustrated has one. Slate has one. I mean, just all these different, st- you know, because I, I like to read stuff about a wide range of, of subjects. Um, and so this is just right on my alley. It's perfect. 
puts them right there on your phone um, and you get all these various sources. So it's kind of like cheating because you can, you can have, uh, you don't have to have all these additional apps. You know what I mean? You don't have to check all these uh-huh. different websites. It puts it right there for you. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. I read like six or eight different, completely different articles while I was on vacation uh, through the app. And it's, it's so cool. But nice. the cool thing is uh, the way it works for me I'll scroll through long form, and then uh, if I see something that looks interesting, I use my, another app that a friend suggested uh, that is also on iPhone. I've got it on my phone now as well, called Pocket. It used to be called Read It Later, and it okay. also tells you exactly what it does. It's That one's free. Pocket's free. Um, all you have to do, and it works with Twitter as well, which is really great because I end up favoriting a lot of uh, like articles on Twitter just so I'll remember to go back and read them now. You can type the uh, read it later button and it sends it directly to my pocket app. And the same thing for this long form uh, app that I was talking about. Um, so if I see something that uh, intrigues me, um, I can just, I just take, it's like two buttons, hit, hit, and then it sends it directly to my pocket app. And the best thing about pocket is that you can read it offline. So like as soon as you save it to your, to your pocket, it's in there. Because I have like the Wi-Fi model of the iPad, so there's times when I'm not, you know, attached to a network. Um, like I was sitting in the Applebee's parking lot earlier this app this evening and uh, was reading an article uh, about the last meals that get served to people on death row, which is really kind of weird. But anyway, uh, so my recommends long form, which is 2.99 app on iPad, I think exclusively. And then uh, Pocket, which is free on iPad and iPhone, and work, use them, work them together, and it's a just a fantastic combination. Love it. I'm glad you have an iPad. Welcome to the club, man. I know. I know. I feel I, way cooler than Apple than guy. I did last week. If you have yeah. anything, any questions, just hit your boy up. I got Sweet. you covered. Will do. So you're going to like this recommend, Brian, I know. All right. It's a documentary. It just made its way to Netflix. Okay. And I've been excited for this for a while. I'm sorry. It sucks Richard's not here for this because I know he would he would like it. Um, well, so hopefully he died. He, so hopefully he goes to our website and right. checks it out. <laughs> but it's a documentary. It's a music documentary called Don't Stop Believing: oh, okay. Every Man's Journey. <laughs> and it's a, it's a real documentary. It follows around the band Journey, but not the band Journey that most people know. It follows around the new Journey. And okay. their process of finding a new lead singer, whom they ended up finding one in Manila, Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his and name? Uh, his name is Arnel Pineda. Pineda, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's a not perfectly well done documentary. I mean, with oh. a subject matter such as a, gr- a story as great as this. Right. As Journey finding freaking the next Steve Perry in the <laughs> Philippines. Yeah. It deserves better production value, I think, than it than it is. But regardless, I think it's a really good story, and and it's worth watching. I think, and it's very long. It's way longer than it should be. <laughs> but I mean, they do have a lot of great behind the scenes footage of their search for him, and right when he joined the band, and him rehearsing with the band for the first time, and stuff like that. And if you don't know the story, I mean, basically, Steve Perry left left Journey in the '90s. And they toured with one random guy for a while. Never ended up working out. They never really made new, much new music with them. So they were like, screw this. We're going to find a real lead singer. Somebody who can really do this. And so, I mean, the band went on YouTube 
and search for days and hours at all these, you know, Journey tribute bands and yeah. just for something that, you know, they said so they found a bunch of guys that they could get through a tour with, but nothing that really stuck out until they found a video from the Philippines who some random guy had uploaded it at an, inter- an internet cafe. You know, he didn't, it's not like there's internet there. It's not like they're posting a bunch of videos to YouTube. So the fact that right. the video was even on YouTube in the first place was a miracle. Right. Um, but so the guy ends up joining Journey as That's a lead all. singer. Yeah. So it's just crazy story and unbelievable. It's unbelievable that it's true. So yeah. I know you'll like it. Very cool. Check it yeah, out. Put it on, your, put it on your list. It's called for Don't sure. Stop Believing. If that's not the cheapest name <laughs> for a Journey documentary ever. Yeah. Uh, don't Stop Believing. What else could Every you call that, though? You have to. You, come on. Sure. You have to call that documentary Don't Stop uh, Believing. You can no call question. it Faithfully. Uh, faithfully, maybe. <laughs> you can call it The Wheel in the Sky Keeps on Turning. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, Brian Gill, let me ask you this. Where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, or you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Kent, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison, K-E-N-T, Garrison with two R's. You can find Richard Barden on Twitter at Richard Barden, B-A-R-D-O-N. You can find the podcast on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all of our episodes on there. Find weekly recommends on there. Find links to other websites, such as Stitcher and iTunes on there. And contact the show on there as well. Send us an email and find all of our information about the show. Anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here for this week? I think that's it. I'm stoked to talk about TV pilots next week, too. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. So, Rush and uh, new TV pilots next week. Uh, So on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning.